This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show number 47. I'm Eric Renderking Fisk. This time on the Fedora Chronicles radio show, I talk with Taylor's Forge, famous cosplayer and recent contestant on the reality TV show Steampunk. We discuss her interest in the genre, how she self-taught herself sewing and other aspects of the craft to make her own costumes for herself, her current education, and then her online stores and how to purchase her products. We wrap up the conversation with thoughts on where we think the future of steampunk, diesel punk, and the rest of the retro punk genre is heading for the foreseeable future. Hello, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Not bad. Before I do anything else, I want to make sure that it's like I'm pronouncing your name right. Taylor's Forge. Taylor's Forge. Well, anyway, thank you for agreeing to do this podcast. I, I really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. All right. Well, before we get started here, um, I would just like to just fill people in on, ha- on, on how we might know you, because we have a lot of diesel punk and steampunk fans out there. I don't know how much we can say, other than the fact that you recently you were on a TV show, but because of whatever, whatever obligations you have, um, you can't say much more than that, I guess. That's correct. Yeah, but I've been in the steampunk community for quite a while. Uh, I started making costumes about five years ago, but I've been a fan for about seven years uh, total, and I've had a lot of fun uh, getting to know a lot of the people that are in the community. That's that's really terrific. One of the first questions I have for you is, which do you prefer? Do you prefer steampunk or diesel punk, or is it just retro punk in general? Honestly, steampunk is what I really focus on because I love the era that it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Victorian, Edwardian period, and just the Industrial Revolution as a whole is very intriguing, and there are a lot of amazing uh, costumes and technology that came out then that we still use today. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Um, I, in my wardrobe, I have a lot of um, uh, Victorian or Edwardian things, such as like uh, vests and ties. I just on a lark, I started to wear a cravat, and it's like I guess now I have to take some of my kids' um, Nerf punk uh, Nerf guns and <laughs> steam them up a little bit with some with some paint. So. Um, so Taylor, let, let's let's go back a little further. Um, wh- what kind of uh, what kind of training do you have as far as um, steam seamstress or artist or or whatever? Honestly, I'm completely self taught. I started taking my first sewing class this past month. Um, oh, so wow. I didn't know how to do leatherworking. I just kind of winged it, and I've had a lot of fun doing that because there's not really a right or wrong way to learn things when you're doing it yourself. Did you just go online looking for books, or did you follow tutorials on um, on, on YouTube? Well, for um, the things that I started off with is chokers mainly, and I don't believe I looked at any tutorials on how to do that. I kind of figured it out on just logistically looking at pictures. I'd gone to a lot of conventions and like admired different people's artwork and was thinking to myself, how can I do this with the limited tools that I have? Um, and so I started doing chokers then. And then uh, the main thing that I do that's more of a stylistic thing is corsets that are lined up by the seams rather than overlapping. And that's something that I just thought would be the easiest way to go about it. I had used a tutorial on how to make the pattern, mm-hmm. 
and it's a fantastic tutorial. Uh, I can give you the link to that. But for the actual corset making itself, just sewing this with um, artificial sinew and uh, punching holes, that was all just coming up with it on my own. Mm -hmm. now, um, now, whenever I start on a project, um, I... I used to do it, whereas it's like I, I come up with like, with this idea, and then it's like I just run around the house and see what I can find, and then it was just like <laughs> I just go around after it's like I, I hit a brick wall, and it was just like, um, and then I'll like make multiple trips to the hardware store. Um, how, how thorough is your planning? When you're planning something out, I mean, are you like that? Or do you sketch everything out all at once, make up lists, then go go shopping? Or how, how how's your how's your creative process work? Definitely, when I start on a project and I have an image in my mind, I sketch it out and try to come up with the different materials that I need for it. Um, I try to get as detailed as I possibly can, especially going over like cosplay thing. I'm very much into attention to detail, so I look at close-ups of the pictures if I can, um, or if it's from my own creation, I draw out every possible sketch, side view, back, front, and then that way when I go shopping, I'm not missing anything in particular. And if it doesn't work when I uh, use the materials, then I go out again and try to find a different material that will work out better. So um, now when you create costumes, is everything reproductions of things that you see in media, or are are there ever any ideas that is just yours straight from your imagination? Well, for cosplay um, costumes, then those usually come from video games or um, TV shows. For example, I did Hextech Janna from League of Legends and also Forecast Janna. And those were both uh, ones that I had to recreate from a character that's already been established. And then some of the costumes that I also do, I take from history, just finding historically accurate pictures and then making steampunk versions of those. And a lot of the times those costumes are not reasonable to actually wear in public mm -hmm. because they'll have these long draping uh, bustles that you cannot walk around Los Angeles at all in. Uh, you'll just get them completely dirty and they'll get stepped on. So you have to kind of reimagine what it would be in today, what how it would be a little bit more practical. Um, and then there are some costumes that are just from my imagination. There's one that I'm working on currently um, that uh, is my own uh, pumpkin queen, kind of a steampunk pumpkin queen that I'm going to be doing for Halloween. Hopefully I'll get it done by then. And that is a dress that I uh, completely came up with on my own. Oh, that's that's great. Do you do you use any um, do you use any modern tools like Photoshop or Illustrator or is it all um, a pencil and pen? How retro do you go? I prefer pencil um, because I like to be able to erase my work. Um, I have made digital images of um, a couple of the costumes that I first did, but it was mostly for artistic purposes, not to actually sketch out. Um, but I very much like to sketch and doodle what I'm working on, sometimes during classes in college, then I'll sketch out something and then I'll make a little bit of a better version when I'm on my own. 
So, so you're still in college right right now, I guess. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, can we ask what your major is and, and how it applies to steampunk, or is it something totally unrelated? I actually uh, have been going to school for marketing for the past four years, and uh, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do when I first started college coming right out of high school. I knew that I wanted to do something in arts and crafting, but my family wanted to make sure that I'd be able to get a real job. So they're like, hey, you should try for marketing. And marketing still applies if I want to do my own business sometime in the future. And I already have somewhat of a, my own online um, artisan business. And so I actually started this semester, uh, since I'm done with those four years, to doing, um, I'm getting a fashion design certificate in community college. That's great. Community college is an awesome place to go. Um, I, I just received uh, two degrees this past May. And um, I, I think it's an it, it's an amazing life changing event, and it happens way too fast. Um, I completely agree. <laughs> it's like one one second it was just like you start the start class, and next thing you know, it's like Christmas break, and then it's like you blink, and then it's like the the next semester is over. And I was just like, I mean, even for somebody in my advanced age at a forty five, forty six, it was it was quite an an adventure. And I think it's like if for everybody who is like listening to this, if you're thinking about going, definitely go. Don't hesitate. Well, you can hesitate now because I bet all the semesters have already started and all the classes <laughs> all over the country. But <laughs> register now for spring. Yes. So it's, it's amazing. I went to community college for my first two years um, to get my general education. And then I went to um, a Cal State for those other two years for marketing and it saved so much money and during that time I was able to learn a lot of what I wanted to do too and so I kind of stuck it through to the marketing uh, kept going with that but now I actually get to do what I want to do and it's it's really amazing that I don't have to pay the full price for it mm -hmm. and still get to learn just as well as any other college mm -hmm. And, and uh, every community college that I have ever been to, all of the teachers that have always been phenomenal are the people who have worked out in the field and then came back to the classroom to actually teach what they, exactly. what they know. And one of the professors that um, my current sewing professor actually works at FIDM. So I'm getting the same education for sewing as I am as somebody who is attending FIDM. So I mean, there, there you go. I mean, the the whole the whole point of having um, a podcast like this is to encourage people to, to you know, go out there and do it. Um, you can actually take for yourself. And the thing is, everybody should take marketing. I, I know that we're getting way <laughs> off track here. Marketing is something that everybody can use. And it was, oh yeah. You have to have confidence in yourself. You have to be able to say, "This is what I'm doing." Yes, you you are selling um, retro style fashions. But another thing is, is like you're doing is you're selling yourself mm -hmm. in, in such a positive way. And I think it's such an, an just an incredible thing. I know, again, you can't talk about the, um, um, the, 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 the recent show that you were on. But what I can ask you is, is that do, do you see a lot more of steampunk or diesel punk fashions coming into the mainstream? Or well, they recently had a fashion show where they're focusing a lot on Victorian fashions. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily steampunk, but a lot of those fashions can be incorporated into steampunk elements. Um, you can get the, you know, Jabot blouses that have um, a lot of ruffles that can be used. And that's fantastic to be mm -hmm. able to 
have that where you don't have to go to some specialty store in order to get that. You can go to really any store and incorporate that under your uh, your fancy jacket that you home handmade or uh, really anything. Um, I haven't seen anything really steampunk as of recently. Um, I think it will have to take a little bit of time before people are noticing it because it doesn't happen um, right away. What, what's your basic philosophy about the entire, I call it the retro punk movement because there's just, there's so much, so many aspects of it. There is obviously steampunk, diesel punk, um, cyberpunk, which I think is going in another direction. But I, I've, I've seen so many other versions of the slash punk out there. What is it about it besides the fact that you love the, the, the Victorian um, era so much? What, what is your basically, uh, what's your basic philosophy about the entire, um, uh, retro punk movement and where do you think um, the fascination for it comes from? I think a lot of people are interested in the fact that there's this world that we've almost forgotten because we've seen it in you know movies and uh, we've seen it in history books but we haven't been able to actually experience it ourselves we don't get to go out and get formal attire like we used to mm-hmm. um, we go to prom when we were in high school but there isn't really that element of such amazing detail that we see anymore today and being able to pull things from the past and make it our own into these subcultures is really amazing because we get to reimagine it in our own selves, get to see these worlds from our own perspectives and show other people, this is what I feel like it would be if instead of electricity we had steam power during this time. Mm-hmm. And it might not be the same as somebody else's, but it's like writing a book in the fashion that you wear today. From my perspective, I think that it's like everything is being fueled by by two things in particular. It's the age of the internet, and anything that you want, you can go out and get. And it was just like, um, if you were to create your own line of, of clothing um, anywhere in the world, um, with the exception of maybe Antarctica, but I, th- I think maybe FedEx is starting to deliver there. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But it's like anywhere in the world, if you want to buy something from a, 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 a craftsman in Los Angeles and you're living in Australia, or Austria, it's so easy to be able to get it. I mean, the wait time is, it's almost non-existent now. I could order something and get it something for in two days. Whereas as before, um, we were, we were slaves to the fashion of of the region, could only wear what was being offered in local stores or in mail order catalogs. That's precisely how it is. And it's great that I a lot of the sales that I actually get for a lot of the steampunk fashion that I create actually goes to Australia, and I think that's very interesting. I'm not just getting things to the U.S. alone. It's very, very interesting how it's uh, progressed over the years. I get the impression that you actually have your own fashion shop that you're working on um, online when you're not taking classes what, what, what what's the name of your shop and, and how can we how can we find it um it's actually a small etsy shop uh, i sell a lot of the most commonly requested jewelry um and accessory pieces and that's called uh, it's nonconformity accessories but it's uh the screen name is nonconformity on etsy and or you can look up taylor's forge i believe it pops up that way too and uh i Mostly just have those minimal 
items. But if you ever are looking for custom items or uh, costumes, then you can always message me for a custom order. I've been getting a few recently that are wanting like minor adjustments to the certain pieces that I have. And I have no problem with that because I love making custom items because I want people to wear what they want rather mm -hmm. than what is just available. Now, are you specializing just women's clothing or, or um, do you do men's clothing as well? I do some um, men's accessories. I can do um, waistcoats and I actually um, sell cravats. Uh, the convention that I'm going to be attending uh, next month, I will have a bunch of fun cravats for uh, attendees to purchase and I, I love making those. But uh, I mainly do um, women's uh, jewelry and accessories. Uh, well, bef before I say anything else, wh what, uh, what is the name of the convention that you're going to and, and where and when? This coming, it's the first weekend in October. It's called uh, Steamhouse Con and it's a first year con. I have never been a special guest at a convention before and uh, about five, I mean, four or five months ago, they noticed that I was a steampunk cosplayer and, and uh, getting uh, very popular within the community, and they're like, hey, we would love to have you at this convention, and it's um, in near Modesto. Uh, it's uh, one of the fairgrounds up there. I'd have to look up the information again, but it's going to be really interesting because I've never been able to travel up there, and uh, I'll, I'll be able to meet a lot of people that I've never been able to meet before and there's going to be a lot of steampunk uh, guests that are going to be there as well that I've never gotten to talk to in person just over Facebook. Uh, it's very, very exciting. I, I cannot tell you how much I love conventions. I, <laughs> Me too. It's, it's, it's the nerd prom. I'm not kidding. It's like uh, um, the best times. I actually had more fun at the after parties at conventions than I ever did at um, any, any prom whatsoever or any kind of school dance or, or, or company function. Um, those are all, those, I mean, it's like I just have this big, huge smile on my face thinking about all the great times that I had. Um, and it's like it's, uh, it's and it's, and most of the time it's like the, the after parties or the, um, um, uh, the dances that they have at the, the, the conventions are usually more fun than the actual conventions themselves. And some of the panels are very interesting, being able to see a bunch of um, artists portray the different artwork that they do and be like, oh, that's how I can do that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and I'll be teaching a panel um, at this convention as well. Um, what's your favorite and least favorite fabrics to work with? My favorite to work with is actually brocades, but it's also my least favorite thing to work with because it's so frustrating to work mm -hmm. with. Um, I love the way that it looks. It is so gorgeous and the designs can be so beautiful, but it frays so easily. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times if you do not do the stitching right, it, it will just pull apart. Uh, I've actually had that happen to me at the last event where it just tore in the middle of the, in the, middle of the event and that was kind of sad. <laughs> oh, ouch. ouch. Just for people who don't know, um, could you actually describe that kind of fabric? Sure. Um, brocade is a um, silkier kind of fabric and it has a lot of embroidery on it. So you'll see that a lot in um, Asian fabrics specifically, um, and you can find it at pretty much any Joann's or um, fabric store. 
and it is uh, really amazing to see and that even on the flip side it is super colorful broke most brocades are extremely colorful i um, mean you can see it in a lot of um traditional kimonos it uses a lot you use a lot of brocades um the uh the fabric that i used to make the kimono in, on steampunk was also a brocade i probably have a lot of it in my closet and i just don't know <laughs> a lot of bats are made with it too that's it that's it. I bought this, um, another thing. I uh, know, actually, my wife bought me this beautiful uh, tie and vest set that is paisley and it has this beautiful texture to it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, it's the, if it's the fabric that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. The paisleys are very popular in brocades for some reason. That's <laughs> because it's beautiful. I mean, uh -huh. it's just, it, I think it's just amazing. But now, um, now that's your favorite. And I said that, uh, and you also said, that it's also um, the fabric that you hate, but is is there one fabric that you hate using all the time? And how how do you get around? How do you get around that? It's really difficult because there's not really any fabric that I dislike. I know there is one, and I cannot remember the name of it. But I had to work with it on making a skirt because somebody really wanted it out of that fabric, and it was just the worst because it doesn't iron. Um. It uh, frayed really easily, and it didn't cut nicely. Like if you're trying to make a pattern out of it, because it was a um, it was a very uh, wrinkled fabric um, when it starts out at the beginning, mm -hmm. and you can't iron the wrinkles out because it's part of the design. And because all the wrinkles are there, you can try to make pattern on it, but whenever you cut it out, it will never look the same as. The actual pattern you're trying to make it out of um, so it's pretty much just a disaster to work with in general and I do not want to ever work with it again <laughs> oh, I, I I totally understand that now, now when when you're doing your sewing do you use um, any kind of a sewing machine or is it all hand stitched a majority of my leather working is hand stitched like um, I hand punch it as well uh, but anything that's fabric related I try to use the sewing machine when I can but if it's too detailed of a piece then I'll often hand sew it now when you have little disasters the incident that you had just mentioned at the last convention you were at um, like what do you what do you do I mean where, where do you go you're there you are on the convention floor or you're on stage and something falls apart how, how do you how do you fix something like that on the fly well, what's amazing about most conventions is that they actually have a repair station. Um, I have never been to a con that didn't have a repair station, and they have always been my, my lifesaver. Even if I'm hot gluing something back together, it's still better than it not being together at all. Um, and then sometimes they'll have so you know repair kits, and I usually try to um, bring a repair kit on mm -hmm. myself at all times. And I'd recommend anyone to do that. Um, just make sure that you have some thread and needles, thread that matches the any of the colors that you're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they uh, that way, if you find an area that's more secluded, then you can try to stitch it back up together. Because uh, you just answered my question, I was going to ask you what 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 should be in your emergency travel repair kit, and ba basically you just nailed it right there. And uh, scissors too. Scissors are good. <laughs> oh oh yeah, scissors, scissors, a hot glue gun, hot glue sticks, needle, mm -hmm. thread, specific thread, uh, with clothing, uh, apparel tape, I guess it's called. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
What? I don't remember off the top of my head what it's called, too. And they also have fabric glue, too, which is great. I've actually used it on some of my costumes to finish some of the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I run it through the wash, and it still stays there. Oh, hey, that's, that is great to know. And one of the things I had discovered is, um, and I know this sounds crazy, but the thing is, is that um, upholstery thread. Oh, yeah. And, and it was just like that. I mean, that, that's, like, that's, like, uh, that's like kryptonite thread or krypton thread. <laughs> That, that, that holds up to almost anything. It, it's like uh, even my kids. Um, one, one Halloween, my wife made these absolutely totally amazing Jedi robes just on the fly. And she used, um, it's the same material, uh, fleece, that is made out of uh, uh, modern blankets. And it was just like, um, and some of the, we had some uh, rips and tears and stuff like that. Um, she, and she keeps telling me the kids have outgrown these Jedi robes and we should throw them out and just make new ones. And I, I can't bear to part with them. But it oh, was no, just like, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing how it was just like, you just use a little bit of um, upholstery thread and it was just like that, that stuff lasts longer than the actual garment itself. So, yeah, I have not had the chance to use that. I'll definitely have to do that next time. If you need any uh, upholstery thread that's dark brown, I'm looking at the spool right now. I have about like a half pound of it, and I'll be more than happy to send you a roll. That would be fantastic. <laughs> it would be. What do you think is the, the, the future of cosplay and steampunk, and do you think 3D printers have a role to play in that future? I don't foresee steampunk or cosplay in general ever stopping anytime soon. Um, the way that it's going, there are so many conventions that are popping up. Steampunk even has its own cruise event. That's something that doesn't just happen with any genre where it has its own cruise line that's dedicated to it. Um, that's uh, amazing to just see the different elements. And then there, there are fashion shows that are coming out with different uh, uh, elements of steampunk and now a lot of pattern companies are focusing toward the cosplay so you can actually buy sailor moon um, patterns at joann's and uh, there are actually steampunk patterns that you can buy there now i don't think that anyone's really seeing a stop to it in the immediate future mm -hmm. and i think it's definitely going to get bigger especially the cosplay community because there are just too many conventions that are too big. San Diego Comic-Con, you can see the most amazing costumes there. Um, and I believe that in 3D printing, I use it myself. I do uh, my own 3D modeling. And for students, um, a lot of colleges offer 3D modeling programs for free. So you can model these objects. And I use uh, Shapeways for, to print all my objects because you can use uh, almost any material to print what you're looking for. I use stainless steel and uh, silver and uh, sometimes gold even uh, and a lot of plastic. And it's really interesting that you can make all these materials into whatever your imagination wants. I think that we are quickly approaching the golden age of cosplay. I, it just, things are just... Uh, I look at the pictures of the costumes that were made back in the 80s. Um, I'm just a wee bit older than you, just a little. And I remember my first convention back in 87. I was looking at pictures at the incredible costumes that were that, that you could, uh, that people made back then, and compare them to what's being made now. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diminish anything that people did in the past, but what people are able to do with the technology and materials 
is absolutely, totally fantastic. And uh, um, one of the things I think that's going to happen is that I, I think that steampunk and diesel punk is going to become more mainstream. And you're going to start seeing more of that um, first at the fashion shows and then actually at the stores. I, th I think that this is a trend that's here to stay for us for, for a good long time. So now what about the future for you? What are you, what are you working on now and what do we have to look forward for you? Well, I very much want to get my fashion design certificate because I want to um, someday work in a theater and do costuming for them um, because I love working with historical costumes and fantasy costumes and even doing some modern day costuming. I wouldn't be a, um, a opposed to at all, but I think that theatrical costumes are more what I'm looking to do because I very much like detail and doing extravagant costumes, and I'm hoping that with my fashion design certificate, then I'll be able to pattern my own work without just just doing corsets because that's right now the only thing that I know how to mm -hmm. pattern myself. But I, I'm very excited to do that. I'm hoping to be able to go to a lot more conventions um, soon because there are so many people that I haven't been able to meet yet and they're huge inspiration to me. Just seeing so many amazing fans and artists that really love this genre mm -hmm. and I love it too. Before I let you go, you got to give me a uh, a plug um one more time about where we can find you online and where can we find your store and and your contact information. Sounds good. Uh so you can find almost any of my work on my Facebook uh, personal page. You get you can either follow me or friend me. I accept everyone as long as you're not trying to sell me sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> darn. <laughs> I know, those darn sunglasses. Uh, that's going to be Talus Forge. I'm the only Talus on Facebook, so it should be pretty easy to find, and that's T-A-Y-L-I-S-S. -S. And so you can find me there. All of my contact information is in the About section. You can send me fan mail to that address. Uh, then there's also my Etsy shop, which is nonconformity, and that sells um, mostly the accessories that I was explaining earlier. And also, if you ever need any custom requests, let me know. Um, if you ever need something 3D printed, like a uh, custom signet ring, then you can also join my Nonconformity Shapeways site. Um, if you are ever looking for signed prints of myself in my uh, interesting cosplays, then you can also find me at, um, on Etsy uh, for Kalis Forge cosplay prints. Thank you so much for joining us on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. I, I am just so thrilled that we were able to get this done, and I really look forward to seeing what you have to offer in, in the near future. And, uh, and I really hope that we're able to talk again in, in the near future. Me too. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And my pleasure. And uh, I, I will talk to you a little bit. Thank you so much again. <laughs> no problem. All right. Thanks. Once again, a special thanks to my guest, Taylor Forge, for a great interview. If you want to learn more about her and her work, check out the links that we have on this podcast's page, thefedorachronicles.com slash podcast slash episode dash the number 47. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is also brought to you by our listeners in various ways. You can easily send a few dollars to us via our new P... You can send us a few dollars via our new PayPal feature. The link is paypal.me slash Fedora Chronicles. It's the fastest way to keep this podcast on the air. 
Special thanks to everybody who's donated so far. We are also brought to you via our Amazon link. Click any of the links to Amazon on any of our pages and then just keep shopping the way you always shop. We get a little something from Amazon at no added cost to you. Products are delivered right to your door while we get a little kickback. It's a trilogy of win for everybody. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is also brought to you by our products on Zazzle. Right now we're featuring our Fedora Skull Wings collection on various items from shirts, mugs, and now flasks. Yeah, flasks. You can carry around your favorite beverage in a stylish container with one of our favorite logos. One final thing, of course, check the vendors link on our navigation bar on our website. There you will find a handful of quality Fedora vendors and hatters who make great products. Treat yourself to a brand new Fedora through outfits that have been pre-approved by you, members of the Fedora Chronicles community. As always, thanks for listening to the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Until next time, keep your chin up and your Fedora on.